Well, good morning. I will say it one more time because it is still true. We are so glad to have you here this morning. This is the final week of our series called The Church. Uh, today we're talking about building a biblical foundation uh, and how important that is to us in our daily walks. Uh, we are going to start a new series next week. It's called Not Alone. It's going to be looking at uh, mental health struggle through the lens of the church. Uh, I've been kind of open about that the past few weeks. I've prayed really hard about what the next series should be, and God kept bringing me back to that. So uh, that'll be beneficial for you if you struggle yourself or if you just want to know what it feels like to struggle through that lens uh, or have any struggle in life at all. So really, it applies to everyone. Uh, but we'll be looking at all that starting next week. But this week, our final, final uh, message in the sermon series called The Church now, I am going to butcher this. I'm going to start off the sermon by speaking French, so pardonnez-moi. Uh, Anthelm Brille Severin stated in 1826, meaning, tell me what you eat, and I will tell you what you are. Today, we know that so much as you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And it's really this idea that what you intake... Dave's a donut. Dave can't help but point out the donut. Dave's a donut. That's not good. You are what you eat, right? It's this idea that says that what you intake directly relates to your level of health. Now, I realize, okay, that it's probably not the best start to the sermon for me to give. Uh, I intake donuts a lot as well. They are delicious. But as Christians, we have to understand that what we intake directly affects our health. It has a deep impact on our spiritual health. And so I say this with kind of a twist, metaphorically, that you are what you eat. It's raining again. It is imperative that we have a steady diet from God's word. Now that's important for all Christians. We are going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3 today, verses 10 through 17. If you have a, an iPad, you use the YouVersion Bible app by any chance, we have a live event you can go to the events, find our church, and follow along. Otherwise, the scriptures will be up on the screen. You can follow along in a Bible. Kick it old school. We like that too. But this is what 2 Timothy chapter 3, 10 through 17 has to say. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Now this is Paul again talking to Timothy. He goes on to say, Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know from those whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. For every good work. So here's the first thing we need to understand. We want to build a biblical foundation with a purpose. A biblical foundation with a purpose. Now, a lot of biblical scholars will look at verses 10 through 13 and 14 through 17 as two almost separate passages, right? It goes on to talk, it talks first about the persecutions that Paul has faced, going on to tell Timothy that, hey, if you're to serve like I have served, you are going to face these same things. And then it goes on to talk about how we must build a biblical foundation to stay true to the things that it is that we've learned. 
Now, there are many biblical scholars, like I just said out there, that will tell you that these are completely separate. They believe they're completely separate. I don't. I don't think these are two separate issues. I think they go hand in hand. Okay, I think they go hand in hand. I think it's extremely important. I think that the second half, it talks about staying true to the scriptures that you've learned, to the foundation that you've built, is a direct response to the first half of the chapter, which talks about being persecuted, which talks about undergoing trials, which talks about the inevitable, which is that we will all find ourselves, if we call ourselves servants of Jesus, under persecution at some point in our life. We all will face that. It's part of living Christian life. It's a promise of God's. If you choose to live by my name, you will be persecuted. First Peter 4, 12 through 14 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the man of Christ, you are blessed. The name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of God, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Matthew 5:10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of the righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this is something we shouldn't be surprised by, right? Oftentimes when we're persecuted, our first instinct is to question God. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Like somehow that's some sort of surprise. But scripture makes it evidently clear that we shouldn't be surprised by these things. Instead, we should count it as good. It's because of righteousness, it's because of being with God that we face these trials, we face these persecutions. I've always kind of heard it said like this, and it's something that I honestly agree with. Satan has no reason to mess with you when you're living outside of the realm of Jesus, when you're living outside of the realm of God. It's when you're doing the right things that he's trying to knock you off that path, okay, that, that the trials tend to come and the tribulations tend to come. And if we don't have that strong foundation, that biblical foundation with a purpose that says, I'm going to stick to this. I'm going to build my life in this. I'm going to use this as, as a light to guide my path. If we don't have that set in stone, when we face these trials, we face this persecution, we're going to get blown to the right and to the left. We're going to fall off of the, the path that God has chosen for us to be on. If we know... If we know, like scripture tells us, that we are going to face, right? We're going to face persecution. We're going to face these trials. Then we need to prepare for it. We need to prepare for it. I look at recently with all these tornadoes that we've had and the severe weather that apparently we're having currently, right? If you know that something bad is coming, you're going to prepare for it, right? It's the whole purpose of the tornado sirens. When they go off, that tells you that something good, something good is, is not happening. Like you need to take cover, Okay, we've got some dangerous weather headed your way, prepare. So here in scripture, we see over and over God telling us, you will face this persecution, you will face these trials. Are we as people preparing for it? Are we as people preparing for it? Just like Paul told Timothy, hold true to your foundation, to the scriptures that you learned at an early age. Those 
those of us, people that we know, friends, family, maybe us sometimes in our lives that fall away when being persecuted for a belief are those that have no firm connection to that belief. Hear me out. This applies to any belief. Those that fall away from a belief when being persecuted for it do so because they have no firm connection to it. So we can call ourselves Christians all day long, but if we have no firm connection to Christ, when we face trials, when we face tribulations, we're going to fall away unless we have that foundation already set in place, unless we have that thing that we can fall back to. That we can fall back to. If you truly believe that Christ is worthy of being followed and that faith isn't some meaningless pursuit, then you must strengthen your resolve by combating evil with good. Hear me say that again. If you truly believe that faith is a meaningful pursuit, that your belief in God is worthy of your time, then you have to prepare to combat evil with good. One of the best lessons that I was ever taught in a time in my life where I've been open about, where I was struggling really bad with depression, through a counselor, he said this, you have all these beliefs about God that are not godly, right? I had these things in my mind that like I had to earn God's affection and he hated me and he was just punishing me and like there was all this evil coming my way because of, of the fact that God just was upset with me for the way that I had lived my life. But that doesn't line up with scripture one bit. And so the, the lesson that I was taught is this. Every time you hear a thought in your mind that is not godly, that does not align with scripture, that does not align with the character of God, combat that with scripture, with good that you know to be true. Right? So every time I would hear, hey, I'm not loved, I could easily go to John 3.16. That's not true. God loved the world so much. He gave his son to die for all of us. And I am part of all of us. So that, that which I hear is not true. It's that foundation. It's that verse, the very first verse I ever learned in my life that I was able to hold on to that kept me hanging on time and time again when I felt like I was unworthy or when I felt like I didn't need to go forward with the path in life that I felt like God had chosen for me. It's because I had that foundation that I was able to hold on. Here's the second thing, and this was ultimately important for me, and I think it's important for all of us. If we're going to build a foundation in the Word of God, in the Bible, then we have to be confident that it's the Word of God. And I'm telling you now that we can be confident that Scripture is the Word of God. All Scripture is God-breathed. That was in our verse that we read, verse 16. All Scripture is God-breathed. Now, Lots of translations will say things like, all scripture is inspired by God. But I don't think that fully captures exactly what's going on here. See, it's not just that God was the inspiration for the scriptures, like a night sky was inspiration for a painting. That's not how it worked. God literally put the words in the minds of the scribes. The Greek word here is theope honest ose. And you're like, what exactly? But it literally means breathed out by God, not inspired by God, not like God's character gave way to these words. It's that God literally breathed out scriptures through the scribes that wrote it down for us today. And so they're not saying, hey, this is inspired by a good man. They're saying this is from the good man. That is a major distinction. 
That is a major distinction. It wasn't that God inspired the authors. It's that he is literally the author. Okay? And it's not like there were authors. There were scribes. That's a difference. It's not that people wrote the scripture. It's that God gave them the scripture and they transcribed it out. Major distinction that we have to fully grasp and understand if we're to build this biblical foundation. Because all scripture is good and we must use it to keep ourselves on the right path. 2 Peter 19 through 21. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand, listen to this, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. You ever hear the argument, well, this is just the author's interpretation of their world in that time, and so it doesn't really apply to us today? Hogwash, great word. Hogwash, not true, not even a little bit. Maybe I'll read it again. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture ever came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Though human, carried along by the Holy Spirit, they spoke from God. Major distinction. Major distinction. This isn't inspired. This isn't an interpretation. This is the word of God. It's trustworthy. It's true. It is the foundation for our life. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. You want to know God? Know the word. Know the word. You should be in your Bible every day. Every day. And I'm, if there was a mirror, I'd be saying it to myself. You should be in your Bible every day. And I'm not telling you that you have to read chapters and books and maybe it's two or three verses that you're reading and praying over and dissecting. But every day you should be in your scripture. Every day you should be in the word of God. Every day you should be in God. Every day. The Bible is God's word, not man's word about God. Major distinction. Three, we need scripture to be mature believers. If we hope to be mature believers, we have to have a life that is embedded in the scripture. Now this is the scripture we've already read from Timothy. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from who you learned it. It's verse 14. And now, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, Timothy had two strong women in his life who raised him up to be a godly man, to be a scripture-believing person. The first was his grandmother Eunice. The second was Lois. And they raised him from a young age in the scriptures. Paul is giving way to that. Hold on to these scriptures that you learned from infancy. It's because he had a solemn foundation. 
Okay, it's because he had that solid foundation that he started from that early age, that he was in the scriptures all the time, that he was made mature to salvation, that he was able to understand who God was and how God worked and to have that relationship with God. The scriptures do that for us. It brought maturity to him. Okay, it brought maturity to him. It wasn't something that just kind of happened. It happened because of the discipline that was instilled in him by his mother and his grandmother. We have to be invested in the word to reach maturity as believers. Okay, we have to have it. It's not an option. Why? Because first, it educates us. Proverbs 9, 9, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Scripture also keeps us in line. Luke 17, 3 and 4, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Isn't that crazy? That's one of those verses you don't like reading, <laughs> right? Forgive them. Even if they've wronged you seven times in a day and seven times in that same day, they come back and they apologize, you're to forgive them. But scripture is supposed to keep us in line. It's that tool by which we say, hey, you're really not living right. Says who? Well, look at this. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Scripture also shows us the way. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Matthew 7, 13, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. The word is what we are supposed to use to show us the way and to light our path. You ever been uh, to a church and heard a sermon where the pastor never quotes scripture? I've been a part of that once or twice. It's kind of eerie. If you catch on, if you notice, why are you saying these things? Where are you saying these from? Is this your word? Is this God's word? Why do I use scripture so much? Why do I think it's so vital for sermons? Because you don't need me. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It's not great for job security, but you don't really need me. You have the Bible, read it. You have the Bible, read it. Now, I know that I serve in other ways, but as far as teaching goes, that could be the least of my responsibilities because we all have the same book. We all serve the same God. I teach because I love it, because God has called me to do it. But every single one of you should be able to teach another believer about who God is and what God says based on your time spent in the Word. The Word also trains us to be righteous. Romans 10.4 Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Christ is the culmination of the law. Right? This original writing that the early church based everything off of Christ is the pinnacle of that. And the Word is how we know Him. And if we don't have that daily relationship with him through the word, how can we hope to hold on to his character? When the going gets tough, we all rely on the foundation that we've built. 
When I used to play football back in high school and we had two days, you could always tell the kids who were putting in the work and the kids that weren't, right? The kids who were eating the right way and showing up to off-season conditioning and lifting and everything because they were making it through those practices. The kids that weren't doing that and were filling up with donuts before they got there were throwing up 10 minutes into the practice and it was just gross and hot and their lives were terrible. And you'd know that because as they were running, they would say, my life is so terrible. But the foundation that we build is what we rely on and what we fall on when the going gets tough. And so in life, when we face trials and we face tribulations, what we intake, what we intake allows us to handle whatever situation we are facing. And in the end, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And if you're intaking a little bit of God every day and you're in his word daily, then you have that foundation and you can rely on that foundation when the going does get tough. You can look back and say, yeah, but this. It's hard now, but at the end of the day, I know that God loves me. It's hard now, but at the end of the day, I know that God is on my side. I don't see a way right now, but I know that God will provide it. How can I make all these claims? Because I've seen it in the word. And I have experienced it in my own life. And when the going gets tough, is it still tough? You betcha. But I've got that foundation that I can fall back to and I can rely on. Some of you are great with this. Some of you are in the word every day, all day. But I'll say this, I think we can always get better, all of us. So don't rest on the accomplishments that you have, but strive to get better every day. Strive to be more godly every day. As a church, as people, we must build a foundation in the word. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the word, which is your revelation of who you are to us. I pray that you make us all believers who hunger and thirst to be in that word daily, who just don't feel right if we haven't spent that time with you. Help us to be people who are constantly seeking growth and education to just know more about you and know who you are and know your will for our lives. God, this is really the culmination of everything that we've talked about. If we want to be the church the way that the church is supposed to be the church, we have to have our foundation built in the word of God. Is your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you will show us the way and you have shown us the way. We all know where we want the end of our destination to be. Well, you have provided the map to get there and I pray that you make us people who just use that and hunger for that and thirst for that. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen.